This is Saturday, January 22nd. This is a happy day for me and my entire family. This is the scheduled day that my youngest child, my son, his name is Nathan, is to be married to the love of his life. Her name is Brenna. Now, as we come to this day, this is a good time to talk about the way God haunts our world with heaven. In other words, he puts the scent of heaven all through our world so that we can be drawn to him. Now, there's hardly a more powerful place where this happens than love. Romance is only a small part of our lives, but it exerts an extraordinary power far beyond its size. This is why we've written so many love songs and love stories. This love points to a greater reality that is found only in God. It's been called a cosmic epiphany, or a prophet teaching us about a love both ancient and new. The book just after Ecclesiastes is called The Song of Solomon, or The Song of Songs, and it fully explores this truth, connecting the love of God to the experience of romantic love in our world. Now, of course, our teacher goes exploring here to see if he can find his way to meaning and transcends it, transcendence. But in this case, he does this through women. This is what he says. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. Now, he could have most anything he wanted, and so one of the things he gathered was people. In this case, he gathered women. But if we read this book correctly, he wasn't just after sex. He sought what would open the door to the fullest of pleasure. There's hardly anything more pleasurable than this, right? A few years ago, I read an interesting story about a business in Miami. Our city would have a business like this. You could hire someone to pursue you romantically, to become enamored with you, even infatuated with you. Maybe it would feel to you like real love. You're wanted and needed and desired and interesting, all of those things. This is a powerful drug, and nothing like the real love story my son and his fiancée have lived running up to their marriage. But we want to be wanted, don't we? To be pursued. It's why it's so powerful. This will make you feel like you matter, and that life is good, and full, and free. This is why men and women rush off into an affair. Their vision is turned gray, and they want to see color again. They want to be hopeful about themselves. And of course, sex feels like the culmination of all of this. Our teacher is riding this wave all the way to the beach. Here's Sheldon Van Auken describing where this comes from. Secretly, he says, We are all perhaps the questing knight. And yet, whatever the object of our quest, we learn when we find it, that it does not ever contain the joy that broke our heart with longing. Yes, even romantic love touches us so deeply, perhaps as deeply as anything else in our world. It reminds us of a still deeper longing, the longing where true and lasting joy can be found. You see, even romantic love is a signpost like all of the other pleasures. 
It's like trying to lead a horse to water. That doesn't mean the horse will drink. Romantic love announces, I'm not it. I am only a reminder of that, of that which you long for, the thirst that you have for a transcendent joy that can only come from out of this world. That is to say, it can come from God alone. As Blaise Pascal said so clearly, the infinite abyss can only be filled with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, with God himself. Bingo! That's it! The good news is that because of Jesus, and in and through Jesus, this joy is coming. I want to finish up with another scene from Narnia. I shared it on the Sunday, but I'd love to go back to it today. It's from the last book, wrote for the children and in that series. The, the Last Battle is the title. In Narnia, the great battle between good and evil has come to an end. And at the, mo- the end of all of the moments like this, Aslan, the Christ figure, has sent the children back into our world, their ordinary lives. But here is what happens. You do not let look so happy as I mean you to be, Aslan says to the children. Lucy said, We are so afraid of being sent away, Aslan, and you have sent us back into our own world so often. No fear of that. Have you not guessed? said Aslan. Their hearts leaped, and a wild hope rose within them. The term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world All of their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Let's pray. Our faithful Heavenly Father, we long for this day of being with you more than anything else in our world. We feel the ache of missing you, and of missing our true home. Forgive us for the idols we have turned to when we couldn't find you, or when we got tired of searching and we just wanted to feel better. Thank you for loving us each step of the way and for planning for our future with you. Help us during these days to fix our eyes on Jesus and to rest in him for all things. For we pray in his name. Amen.